Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ewing Bear's nipple tassel. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Look at they're trying to help on Mack, and he's fourth down and complete. Thielen. That was behind him, and that was Fuller on the coverage. Well, I think I think that's probably the most frustrating thing is is we knew that that was going to happen at some point. At some point, you're not going to be able to run the ball for 180 yards, um, even with the best running back in the NFL. Um, and, and that's when you have to be able to throw the ball. You have to be able to make plays. Um, you have to be able to you know hit the ball, the deep balls. You have to do that because otherwise it's too easy for teams to just tee up and, and rush the quarterback. So uh, we have to be we have to be able to run the ball and pass the ball in this league. You cannot be one dimensional. It's just too easy to defend. Alrighty. Yeah, that happened yesterday. Wow, Rami's just going to sit that here and gloat the whole time. Bears fan, Rami, is that is that is this going to be two hours of you just no, just rubbing your chest? No, okay. <laughs> Why would you rub your rubbing chest? Chest? What? Uh, is something wrong with yeah. Rami? A, ra- a weekend rash? I think you mean pounding my chest. Oh, no. okay. Got like Vicks vapor up over there. <laughs> Tough weekend for Rami. He's got a big rash on his chest. He's got to rub it. Oh, oh, great Bears game, but oh, I'm rubbing my chest. Actually, there's probably a lot of Vikings fans that do have chest pains. After probably. What the hell happened? I would imagine. Yesterday. So I, I posted a question on my Twitter account and on my Instagram account yesterday. And it's just like the replies are still coming in. There's like several hundred replies that are coming in to people digesting what happened yesterday. I'm going to throw this out to you guys and let's just have a discussion. All right. Three part question. All right. What does yesterday's debacle in Chicago from the Vikings perspective, not from Rami's perspective, but from the Vikings perspective, what does it tell you about the state of three things? The Vikings themselves this season or beyond Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer. The Vikings themselves, they are who I thought they were. That's that's an eight or at at the very best nine win football team. And they're they're is they're not gonna get a lot of help from the offense. And that's what I thought when this season started. I thought Dalvin Cook could be a special player out of the backfield, but I just didn't have a lot of faith in what in that they put enough around Kirk Cousins to get vast improvement from the quarterback position and therefore the offense as a whole. I just didn't I didn't see it, especially on the offensive line. You can go and get Gary Kubiak and get Kevin Stefanski. I just didn't think they did enough to prop him up. They did what they could, except for spending the money they did on Anthony Barr instead of spending that money on the offensive line, but I just didn't think it was enough. And the defense is very good, but it's it's not good enough to carry you to a title. It's not the Ravens. 
It's not the Buccaneers. It's not the 85 Bears. It's not a defense good enough to carry you to a title. So that's that's where I see the franchise. I'll start there. I'll answer all three with the same theme. As an expert in sports plateauing. I think that's cheating. I'm an expert in sports plateauing. Uh I've seen sports plateauing (laughs) all over the cities. I've seen it in St. Paul. It it happened two years ago with the Wild. Um, It's a very simple answer to the entire, everything that you threw out, Phil. It didn't work. You took a shot. It didn't work. Your defense is now aging. It's not going to improve. It's pretty damn good still. But the quarterback, who was the guy that you brought in off a 13-3 and season to be that guy that was going to get you over the top, is nowhere near close to being that guy. Now, in retrospect, should your research of him in Washington told you that? Perhaps. But you missed. You missed. And and I said going into, for me, that game in Soldier Field yesterday, a big portion was the eye test, right? Because if you lose 17-14, but you fight this thing out, that Bears defense really good, and you just fight this thing out tooth and nail, and you come up short, but it passes the eye test, you're like, all right, that's a tough loss, and it sucks if you're a Vikings fan, but okay. But you look soft. Defensively, you didn't. Offensively, you did. You look soft. You look bad. If I'm the Wolves, and I've got a a big board in my office right now, and I'm saying to to myself, with, uh, with Mike and Rick, essentially being in the last year of their contracts here. I think they did pick up the, the options for 2020, but this is going to be it. And I'm checkmarking things, right? Okay, good, bad, good, 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 bad, bad, bad. The Green Bay and Chicago games are huge bad check marks because they were games that were there. You give up 16 points in Chicago, you should win that game. Green Bay spent the majority of that game in Week 2 begging you to come back and win. So you are now going down an eye test path that says to me, it didn't work, and that there might be cause for change. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't have. I. I think sometimes I can come to the rescue on the show and say, actually, you guys are being too negative, or Judd, you're being too negative. Here's here's more of the positive side of it. Um, I've had 24 hours to sit on this, and my answers to all three: state of Vikings, state of Kirk Cousins, state of Mike Zimmer are that the Vikings are still playoff contenders, but they're no they're no longer I, I thought they were in the eleven win and make a run if you get this thing right conversation. Now they're in the realm Rami was right. Now, they're, Eight they're, nine like, win football team. And that's a playoff contender. It's yeah. a it's a team that could get to the playoffs. It's not a team that gets to the playoffs and could make a run. And so I I still think they're playoff contenders but with a considerable and obvious ceiling. I'm out completely on Kirk Cousins as a franchise quarterback and as a long-term option. I'm out on Kirk Cousins. Depending on what your plan is for 2020, I'm out on Kirk Cousins for 2020. Now, I get that he's he's got a full no-trade clause, and if he wants to live and play here, it's up to him. Um, and he makes $27 million or $28 million. But I, I, and he's going to keep running out there. He's not going to get benched. He's going to play. But I have seen enough of Kirk Cousins. At some point, you just are who you are. You are who you are in life and in sports. This guy's 30, 31 years old, right? Mm-hmm. He's been a starting quarterback for more than a half a decade. He's never won a Monday night game. The Vikings are now 2 9 and 1 since the Minneapolis Miracle in games against the Bears, Packers, or national TV. And Kirk Cousins owns all but one of those games. One was the NFC Championship game. Did you guys see. The number that I, this was going around today on Twitter, I saw it from various accounts. Kirk Cousins' record against uh, winning teams in his career, yeah, 
four and twenty-seven. <sighs> what in the NFL against against, <laughs> against teams against teams with winning records? Against winning teams, which doesn't mean good teams. It's just teams with winning records. Yeah. So against nine and seven or fourteen and but two. But you teams. have to be out there. Like there's no uh, on us, your cousins as parents today. How could you not be out? How could you say? I still think there's something there. I I tell people don't 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 harp on the money. Don't focus on the money. Kirk Cousins got what he got because that's the way that the market plays out. And I and I stand by that. But at the same time, you can't be paying your quarterback twenty eight million dollars and be that one dimensional offensively. Well, let's you take can't. let's take the so so third part to this answer is is this the current state of Mike Zimmer and I've I've defended Mike Zimmer. Judd and I have fought about this for two or three years. And I still think Mike Zimmer is a good NFL head coach. But Mike Zimmer is a great defensive coordinator, and that's where my sentence stops. He's a great defensive coordinator. Yeah. And, and, and so to take what Rami just said, you're paying, you're paying almost $30 million to your quarterback. Let's look at the blueprint the Vikings are rolling out this year. And on paper and in theory, it's a good idea. Forget about the money for just a second. Go in, bring in Gary Kubiak, scheme a new blocking uh, system, and give the ball to the best running back in the NFL and let that be your blueprint. And then passing, if you need to lean on the passing game, it's secondary. And if and once in a while, it's going to have to take over like it should have yesterday and it didn't. But if you, if you start to put it into the context of a salary cap league, every team has a finite amount of money that they can spend. It's like $170 million. Mm-hmm. And you're spending almost one-fourth of that on a quarterback and two wide receivers that are collecting dust. So just think about it from a blueprint and structural standpoint. It doesn't make sense, especially if it's not working to run the ball against good teams. And this is where Rick is probably gone now because you he has now taken another swing and missed. Rick would have been better off to go in, into the Wilfs after Case and said, you know, we don't think Case is going to work. Like, magical year. It was great, but it's not going to work. But i got to be honest. I've struggled to identify a quarterback for you. <laughs> you can't do that. And so here's what we should do. If you're a GM, you can't here, do that. No, no. Here, but here, here's what we should do. We should go find a quarterback that we like who's not going to cost us a ton. Because what's the problem here? The problem here is that Cousins, it's it's the money cap-wise. I don't care about the actual financial outlay. Who yeah. cares about that? And if this was baseball, it wouldn't matter. But you would have been better off to attempt to at least take a swing and missed on the next Keenum for cheap and then gotten more line help, then you can keep all the defensive guys, your little heart desires. The problem here is that you swung and missed again on a position that has, if not completely, it has partially paralyzed your ability to operate elsewhere. And and again, too, on Rick, I'm watching that game on Sunday, and I'm thinking to my little self and my little head, who... Both are large, by who, the way. Yeah. Big nose, too, by the way. <laughs> who on earth... Watch that game last year. I mean, Khalil Mack gets traded to your Bears, mm-hmm. Rami. Yeah, to your did. Bears. They're sure in the did. North. They're in your division, okay? So who on earth last year watches that Week 12 game, Vikings-Bears in Chicago? And literally, I'm not joking, Collar has talked about this. He was there last year as he was yesterday. Sees Khalil Mack pick up Riley Reef and relocate him. A human being being relocated. And thinks, a very large human being yeah. being relocated. And thinks to themselves during the course of that game, okay, i got to face Clomac twice again next year, but this can work out. Like, at that point in time, don't you say, oh, my God, we've got it. Left tackle's hard to find him, but 
We're going to be going against, if we want to compete here, it's the Bears. We're going against this guy twice a year for the foreseeable future. If it's Khalil Mack on Oakland, I might be like, okay, that really stunk to watch, but he's in the AFC. Right. But who watches that last year and thinks, oh, you know what, next year, it's not going to be a problem. How do you think that? Yeah, it it wasn't going to work. It just wasn't going to work. But if I'm the Wilfs, if I own this team, I'm going. If, I'm eventually going to this I, person and be like, what? But if I'm the Wilfs and you walk into me and you say, hey, you know this whole finding a quarterback thing? It's really hard. And I don't <laughs> think I can, good at it. I don't think I can be trusted with it. So we're just going to go cheap at quarterback and I'll do everything else okay. I'd be like, so you're telling me the most important jo- part of your job you don't think you can do? And when you said yes, I would say it's been real, Rick. The door is right there. But, we need a new general manager. But I know, like, I know you're sort of tongue in cheek, but if you, let's go back, okay, let's go back to the moment in time the organization decided Case Keenum is too risky. It was too perfect of a circumstance. And he's, he's, the, the carriage is going to turn into a pumpkin at midnight. Let's not still be sitting in it. They were right about that. Can we give them that? The Vikings were right about Case Keenum. Yes. Now, there might be some people that say, well, but if you if you kept him in the no, you were Case Keenum every other year except the 2017 season has been a backup caliber quarterback who's very turnover prone. He just got benched for a guy in Dwayne Haskins that on the record and off the record, according to everything I've been watching the last 24 hours, Washington's been telling people this dude is not ready to play in an NFL football game, and then they watch Case Keenum last two weeks, and they're like, "Oh my god! <laughs> like, oh my god! Go get him, Dwayne! Just go! Just go! Go in the game!" So the Vikings, the, the if you go back to 2017 when they made the decision, okay, this is not the guy. What are the other options for a Super Bowl ready team? To what Rami's saying, you would have been better off. Spending a lot less on, let's say, Lamar Jackson in the draft. But again, like, how do you justify to ownership? How do you say everything else is ready to win a Super Bowl? Quarterback is the only thing. It's a lot like 10 years ago with Brett Favre. Quarterback is the only missing link here. You got to add something. But you added somebody who was sort of a wild card and you didn't know and you paid him, which at the day he signed made him the highest-paid quarterback in the league. And But what I'm saying is... I'm with you, I think. Your options were very limited, and the the in retrospect, the correct option would have been spend a lot less money on a rookie quarterback that you draft and cross your fingers that it works. And obviously now, if you could construct this team around a guy who makes a lot less money and is better, Lamar Jackson, and then you spend the extra money on a left tackle over here or whatever it may be, um, hindsight's twenty twenty, but... This is the Vikings' bed that they've made now, and they have to figure some way out of this thing. And you heard the clip from Adam Thielen off the top. Just real, let's play a, a, a clip or two here because, I mean, this is Thielen kind of walks some of this stuff back. But listen, listen to this. I think uh, uh, we're just as frustrated as every fan in this in this state of Minnesota. Uh, every Minnesota Vikings fan, we're, we are we are more frustrated. Uh, we put everything we have into off season. Uh, we grind every single day, and then to put a performance like that is is so frustrating. It's it's unbelievable. But at the end of the day, you got to look yourself in the mirror. Um, you got you got to be better yourself, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come back to work on on Monday. Play the next one down too. It's even better. Well, I think I think that's probably the most frustrating thing is is we knew that that was going to happen at some point. At some point, you're not going to be able to run the ball for 180 yards, um, even with the best running back in the NFL. Um, and, and that's when you have to be able to throw the ball. You have to be able to make plays. Um, you have to be able to 
you know, hit the ball, the deep balls. You have to do that because otherwise it's too easy for teams to just tee up and, and rush the quarterback. So uh, we have to be we have to be able to run the ball and pass the ball. In this league, you cannot be one-dimensional. It's just too easy to defend. Remember coming into this week, and I think both of you referenced the line that one of the Packers players said after they beat the Bears in week one. We we came into this week saying, make Mitch play quarterback. Make him stay in the pocket and play quarterback. That will be the strategy against the Vikings from now on. Make Kirk play quarterback. Mm -hmm. That's what the Bears did yesterday. Take away Delvin Cook, keep Kirk Cousins in the pocket, and let's see what this guy can do. And that's what you got. That will be the strategy from every defense here forth. They're not all as good as the Bears, but take take away the run game and see what this Vikings offense can do. And yesterday was was not a good sign if that's what teams are going to do against this Vikings offense. And they had a shot. I forget what the exact score was, but there were there well there were two moments in that game yesterday. And if those two moments go differently, it's possible the outcome is different. One of them was Adam Thielen had two steps on a defender. Oh, this was an awful one. And yeah. I get it's you know it's third down. You know, you watch on TV. You know, the ball is the what thirty whatever yards in the air. I mean, yeah. it's it's a tough throw, but it's a throw that you need him to make. It's a throw that all right, the Bears are all in to stop the run, and so you're just looking for one of your star wide receivers to break out, and you tie the score, and you got to put it up, and, and he's got to catch it, and they missed on that connection. But the other thing, getting back to the Mike Zimmer part of the conversation too. The Bears were ready to punt the football from the Vikings' 35-yard line at one point, up 7 to nothing in the first half. I think they were going to fake. But they weren't going to snap the ball. There were three seconds left on the play clock. Mm -hmm. And Mike Zimmer panicked because the Vikings thought they weren't going to get a 12th man off the field field in time. But the Bears were not in a position to snap the ball. So Mike Zimmer calls timeout and gives Matt Nagy a second chance to think about the play. And even admits after the game, yeah, that was a mistake. That's a bit of a problem of his, Phil, for how long? Yeah. So Mike Zimmer screwing up the timeout in that spot. Bears think better of it. They go for it. They march down. They score more points. And the Vikings miss their chance to cash in over the top to Adam Thielen. Game over. What bugs me more, though, is is to go back to the spring and summertime. What bugs me the most about this whole thing is when we could sit here in this studio and say, okay, Anthony Barr is a really nice player, but do you really want to spend that salary there still? We all talked about this. It's not like we were like, oh, bar, this is great. We all said, okay, you can do that, but but you're going to take away from probably a primary place where you could sign a veteran lineman that this team desperately needs. I mean, the interior of the line, you guys, is literally being tossed around now. It's like a boat at sea going you know, through the waves in a storm, and it's embarrassing to watch, and there's nothing that they can do now. You know, there's nothing. So that's... an. I blame Mike on that because Mike's the one clearly who said, yeah, I got to get my defensive guys back, my defensive guys back. And at some point in time, if you're the coach of this entire team, don't you say, all right, bar walking is really, really going to stink. And I really like him. And I think he's a great player. But man, can we use that salary elsewhere? Yeah, well, like that's part of being a head coach, right? See, this if is you're the DC, thing. then you're like, no, I want to keep my guy. And the Vikings so far, I know it's only a it's a four week sample size. The Vikings are according to yards per play, which is that's going to be a better measurement than like total yards or different. And there's there's other more analytical measurements, but just yards per play, it's the sixth best defense in the NFL. The Bears are are fourth on that list. It's a really damn good defense, in part because you kept the band back together. But what you are trying to balance this off season is. All right, bringing the band back together, how good is the defense? Because you know, I've said all along, hey, I, I trust this if you think it's the best defense in the NFL and it just carries you in games. 
it's really good, but it's not that kind of a defense. It's not. Rami listed them all off. It's not the Ravens defense from 20 years ago. It's not the 85 Bears defense. The Buccaneers. The Buccaneers 0-2. With Trent Dilfer. Yeah. yeah. It's a really good defense, but, you know, if let's let's say you would have taken, what's Barr making, 14 million with the Vikings now? Yeah, around and, 14, I think. And so maybe let's let's just take one of those players, either him or let's take the 14 million that Anthony Barr makes. Mm-hmm. If you allocate that to an offensive lineman, either via trade and you absorb a salary or free agent signing, and you're just more aggressive trying to fortify your offensive line, at least you're giving Kirk Cousins. Like my beef with Kirk Cousins is rise above adversity once, dude. Just let conditions not be perfect one time, (laughs) overcome them, and win a damn game you're not supposed to. But it's like if the tablecloth isn't perfectly neat and manicured, he's not going to win. That's not who he is. He's not a guy who wins games for you. <laughs> He's not. I know, but think about how sad a statement when when we're talking about a guy who is paid that much. He's not a guy who can win yeah, games. And, and, You're not wrong. And for the it's record, just sad. I just want to make it clear the the the, the difference between. Like, I, I'll just speak for myself. I don't speak about Kirk Cousins' money as like sour. I can't believe people make that much money. I speak about it from a strategic salary right, cap exactly. standpoint. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's good a, on him. I'm glad he's rich. But it, but <laughs> it's, him. but yeah. it's a big damn Happy deal. Pizza Ranch. <laughs> when you're, yeah, well, and dude, what are you doing? And by, and by the way, if I'm Pizza Ranch, I call Kirk. I'm like, you know what? You, you, no, we're not going to be this anymore. Pizza Ranch should mention. Do, you think, gets, do you think Pizza Ranch cancels him at some point? I would. You know what I do? I mean, it's like Sean Mannion. <laughs> he can't do any wrong. He's the backup quarterback, right? I'd make it Sean and and Kirk's uh, Kirk's fake friend at Pizza Ranch. Yeah, who is the guy in the Pizza Ranch commercial with Kirk Cousins that I'm supposed What's to his know? Name? I don't know. What's his name? Like, is it Ted or something? I have no idea. Is it is it is it a problem? It's, it's not just an actor. I think it is, uh, but, but he's supposed to be his friend. Oh, okay. But he, it's supposed to be like, uh, hey, this is Kirk's yeah, friend. Kirk and it's his buddy but Ted. I, I saw Kirk was doing um, Kirk was doing CenturyLink now too. Is that correct? Is he? I don't know. Yeah, there was two Kirk ads yesterday. I might bench him, though, from both those ads. <laughs> it's not going to help you locally. Pizza Ranch might be great. I'm not going right now. Wouldn't it be great if he fumbled his plate? Yes. Pizza? Yes. <laughs> you know there's takes of that, right? If they serve... You know there's takes what, of that. What if they serve you a slice by throwing it at your feet? <laughs> Skips off the ground. That's fine. Mid-Pizza Ranch commercial, Cleo Mac comes flying out of nowhere and just slaps the plate of pizza out of his hand. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Let's go to R- Ryan and Fargo here. This is sort of Vikings vent line bleeding over into Mackie and Judd with Robbie here. What's up, Ryan? Hey, Mackie, Judd, and Rami. How's it going? Not too bad. And congratulations to your Bears. I've got a ton of Bears fans that are that are friends of mine. So are they all well insufferable played. like Rami is? Keep or? good company. No. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> um, I just. My thing is, I, I know Kirk Cousins is the $84 million man, and I agree with what everything you guys are saying about the line. This is, this is almost malpractice. Um, Spielman should be, should be walked out of wherever, they, wherever his office is. He needs to be walked out immediately. He has done no services for Cousins with the line, and they should never have spent money on, on Anthony Barr. And on a side note, I've never been so excited to watch 90 Day Fiance on a Sunday. That's how bad yesterday was. Wow. That sounds like, wait, 90 Day Fiance? What, what channel is that on? TLC. 
Is that like uh is that like the what's the marriage show that I watch? Married at first sight? I'm not sure. My wife got me into it and mm. uh, Mackie, I guarantee you, I know how you love reality TV, the trashy stuff. It's right up your alley, bud. Dude, thank I, you. I, I appreciate that recommendation. I think, Ryan and Fargo. Hold on, which one is uh what is Married it? at First Sight? Is that the one with like the mail order brides? No, it's uh, it's like when you look at a quarterback's stat sheet and sign him <laughs> in free agency in March without ever having met him before, and sign up for a three year contract. Because I know one of them is yeah, about the Vikings were on it. It was crazy. <laughs> I know one of them is about mail order brides. I think it's ninety day fiance where they'll yeah, they'll order that, yes. they'll order these mail order brides or grooms who come over from other countries, and then they have like ninety days to decide if they want to go through with it and uh, marry this person to give them their uh, immigration papers. His friend is Kevin, by the way. Kevin, it's Kirk Cousins and Kevin go to Pizza Ranch together. Uh, who's Kevin? I don't know. It's something that always perhaps bothers- he's a guy who can go deep and catch a football from Kirk. Something that always bothers me about commercials, not just that one, when they treat characters in the commercials like this is supposed to be some person or character who I know, who I'm familiar with. Like there's an ongoing story with this person. I don't know, Kevin. It's weird. Just another disgruntled Kirk Cousins friend. Is Kevin Kirk Cousins' brain coach? Didn't he? Wasn't that one of the headlines they, when he came? If he is, I'm going they to couldn't release get a him. teammate. They couldn't get one of his wide receivers. They couldn't get Stefan Diggs to do Pizza Ranch you, commercials. You, you think Stefan Diggs yeah, is going anywhere yeah. near Kirk Cousins right I think now? I can answer all these questions. No, they couldn't. Did they call him? Probably. Yeah, you want to be in a commercial with Kirk? Uh, no, I got something going Kyle Rudolph? There. By the way, I just saw a stat from... Does Kyle still play for the Vikings? Is, is, Mike, is Mike Clay pro football focus? Uh, I think so. That Kirk Cousins... Here we go. Uh, Mike Clay... Uh, ESPN now. He's ESPN guy now. Uh, Mike Clay says Kirk Cousins has targeted C.J. Ham more than Kyle Rudolph. This season. <laughs> Speaking of, oh, that'd be accurate oh, for sure. And, and okay, by the way, my math on quarterback salary, wide receiver, wide receiver. What's Kyle Rudolph making now? Eight million. Uh, yeah, I think eight, it's eight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, and you're not. These guys aren't being used. Yeah, I don't think Kyle has a lot left anymore either. Do you guys? Well, that, there was a, there that's was a, one where I, I don't know. I have to see him catch a football n- to find out. Uh, well, I've seen him catch a couple. There was a third and thirty-five play yeah. yesterday that they dumped off. Cousins dumped off to Kyle Rudolph, hoping for yards after the catch. Uh, again, I repeat myself, <laughs> hoping for yards after the catch. <laughs> so, all right. Well, we've got a lot of twin stuff to get to. In fact, the New York Post picking up on our Dave St. Peter conversation from last week. And on the Vikings, you might as well throw this out there. This was a topic on Purple Daily today. Is there any chance we're overreacting to yesterday's Vikings Bears game? We can uh, let that let that simmer into. You can follow us on Twitter at Score North, on Instagram at Score North, and our YouTube page is uh, is blowing up the last twenty four hours or so. So if you're a YouTube viewer, go ahead and check that out to subscribe to us. YouTube.com slash Score North. Well, the Vikings might need some insurance. I don't know if Federated can help them. i got to be honest. Federated Mutual Insurance Company has a long list of industries that uh, they provide coverage for. I don't think the current situation that the Purple find themselves in is one of them. But it never hurts to try. You know, Federated has been around since the early 1900s in Owatonna, Minnesota. Minnesota-based company. And they've got over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Not necessarily football teams, but, you know, again, never hurts to try. Federatedinsurance.com is where you can go to find that full list of industries Federated protects and to find your Federated marketing representative. And Federated was also named a top 150 workplace recently by the Star Tribune for the second year in a row, in case you're wondering uh, about the people and the culture at Federated. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. 
just win. You know, if we win, you know, move the ball, play well, whether that's with those two getting the ball or uh, or with, you know, running the football, whatever it has to be, whatever we got to do to move the football, let's do that. And, uh, you know, I think that's all that matters. Yeah, they always get frustrated. I mean, everybody's frustrated right now. You know, when you, when you lose and you don't play well enough to win, uh, everybody's frustrated. I'm just those two guys. Full coverage and uh, a Purple Daily podcast from... You're going to have like three hours of Purple Daily to catch up on if you're a Vikings fan. Uh, but Sage Rosenfels was in Chicago with Matthew Collar, and they got booted out of the stadium. They were trying to do a, their show from inside the stadium, and so they just went to a park outside Soldier Field and did the post game. Why did they get booted out of the stadium? I didn't hear the full story. Were they drunk? Probably. Okay. I think they were try. I, I think they were basically told that there was nowhere to do it in the press box to go downstairs and try it, and they did. And the people in the suites downstairs are like, "We're closing up now, so get out of here, so get the hell out of here." And so Collar, who has no patience, so Collar this and left. So Collar and Sage just went and sat on a bench with a microphone and a recorder and did like, a podcast in the park, like Forrest Gump with a box of chocolates. I like it. Yeah. So do you podcast get- in the park? Sounds like an album. Simon and Garfunkel, perhaps? Sounds like a podcast. Sounds like a Chicago album. (laughs) (laughs) Podcast. Yeah, that's pretty good. In the park. park. Uh, And one of the questions that was brought up on Purple Daily today, and I'll throw it out to you guys, too. Do you think we're overreacting to this? Especially Rami. Like, Rami, you're you're a Bears fan. I am. And so you see it from kind of a Bears perspective. Yeah. Should, Should yesterday be all of the things doom and gloom that yes. we just talked about. Yeah, it should. Cuz that's how I still feel. Yeah, no, I think it's panic time. I'm not I'm not I'm serious. I'm not joking. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not saying that cuz I'm You're not just fan. rubbing it in. I I'm not rubbing it in. I think it's panic time. I think you like I said in the last segment, you saw what happens to that offense if you make it one dimensional. If I'm any defense moving forward here, I'm I'm throwing six guys at you at least to try and stop Dalvin Cook at the line of scrimmage. And saying, go ahead and try and beat me, Kirk Cousins. Because he hasn't shown the, the passing game as a whole. And I'm not putting it just on Kirk Cousins. You talked about the missed throw to Thielen, where he overthrew him on that play. Yeah. That looks really bad. That that that's that's in a glaring spotlight. But if he gets four or five chances to do that in a game because his offensive line can actually block for more than three seconds, he probably hits two or three of those. And then we're not talking about the ones that he missed. We talk about the one that he missed because it's the only shot that he got. It's the only time that they called the shot downfield and the offense actually executed it in a way that he could even make that pass attempt. I'm sure that wasn't the only shot they called over the course of four quarters. That was the only one they called where the offensive line could block long enough for a receiver to get downfield and Kirk Cousins to attempt that pass. There are problems with this passing game legitimate problems with this passing game. And as good as Delvin Cook looked in the first three weeks, you can't put the whole offense on his shoulders and expect and expect to make any noise in the NFC or even the NFC North this year. There are problems. It's time to hit the panic button. Yeah. I, it, is it time to hit the panic button or the acceptance button? Because you I panic and then you accept. What, I think what we, does that one sound like? But I mean, we know we basically just know now. Use the acceptance button. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, man. I mean, it is what it is. And the Minnesota Timberwolves are world champions. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't this the acceptance button? But final one in there. This just is now now we've sort of we've seen it. And and you know what though? You can still you'll still beat the bad teams, the Falcons. 
o- Oakland, which is also two and two, but I think that they're awful. You'll still beat those teams. So, like, this team is not going to go. I don't think this team goes in, in the toilet. I don't think that yesterday starts, I don't think, um, a five-win or six-win season. But I do think that if you're playing good teams and especially good defenses, that they're probably sunk. So it just is. This goes back to what I said after week two in Green Bay, which is we need now to say if they make the playoffs, they're fortunate. They're probably a wild-card team if they're fortunate. It's Because the defense is still really good. And it's also why I said back after week two that if you really want to double down now, that's why you trade if you want to for Ramsey. Because as stupid as this sounds, you really go into games now saying against good teams on the road, especially we can probably give up a touchdown. Well, here's and I don't love that's not an ideal thing to say, but what's the thought process other than that? Given what we've seen that this team does on the road against teams that have decent to good in the Bears game, yeah, really good so, defenses. So they are putrid in primetime. They're putrid mostly against the Bears and the Packers when the, the Packers are at full strength. And if you start, this is this is what's tough. If we all agree that there's there's been nothing that signifies, okay, but they're making progress in those areas and things are going to change and they're going to, all of a sudden Kirk Cousins is going to become Mr. Clutch in primetime on Sunday night. You start to look at how many games they have that are in that category. And even like also at Kansas City, that's a noon game. That's not a national TV window. But right now, do you think this team's beating the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City on November 3rd? Their schedule right now at New York looks a lot tougher than it did two weeks ago because the Giants have a better quarterback now than when Eli Manning was the starter. Uh, Then you're home against Philadelphia, which looked great against the Packers on Thursday night. At Detroit, I mean, Detroit just went toe-to-toe with Kansas City. That was their first loss of the season. That's a road game for you. I, I might have been wrong about Patricia. He's, which got I those really, guys, he's got those guys rallied. Which I really hate that I was wrong possibly about and that the, And then you say, okay, well, the home game against Washington and a crappy quarterback and Dwayne Haskins, right, but that's a Thursday night game, and it's a primetime game. And it's against Washington, and Kirk's going to be bound and determined to show us that he's <laughs> right. not an awful quarterback in that game. At Dallas, I mean, how many games, based on how you feel right now about the Vikings after yesterday's game, as I fly through this schedule, how many just off the top of your head? I'll go really quick. All I'm looking for is that's a win. Not maybe, but yep, that's a win where you feel like, okay, all right? Gotcha. At Giants, stop me if you hear that's a win. At Giants, home against Philadelphia, at Lions, that's a win. That's the Lions. Dude, no, man, they're still playing the Lions. Dude. Hey, I'm, I'm backing off on that. I thought the same thing, but. Wow. I thought I was panicking. They just okay, well, went. No, I'm talking about the the acceptance and reality of the Vikings right now. It's both. I'm not panicking. Um, okay, home against Washington in prime time. That's a win. It's, it should be it, a win. That's got to be a win. It should be a win. Good God. That's a terrible football team. At Kansas City, at Dallas, mm. home against Denver. That, home against Denver should, should be a win. win. Yeah. Okay. Then a bye week at Seattle That's in prime time. The bye week. The bye week. You're bye week win. is a big. You win. always win because you go to the win. bars. You get some rest. Really do. It's Thanksgiving weekend too, so you can. Oh, really, really huge win! Oh, that's oh. A trip to fan and play at Seattle out of the bye, but prime time on a Monday night, and Kirk's never won a Monday night game. Yeah, I, I don't like Seattle. No, that's home against Detroit. Yeah, um, you should win that game. Home against Detroit, you should win. That game. <laughs> at Los Angeles Chargers in prime time on a Sunday night, and then Green Bay Chicago back to back Monday night, and then the final game of the season. I'm not put, and again, I'm looking for it. That's a win. There's two of them, maybe three, two or three, maybe. Is it is it hyperbole for me to say 
and I, we've, I think we've said this once already, and it sounds so ridiculous because we're going to be five weeks in, that Sunday's game is a must-win, absolutely, to reverse this whole thing just a little bit at least. Because if you go on the road and lose to the Giants there, that's still... <laughs> I, I get that Jones has been an improvement on Manning, but still, the Giants aren't a great football team. Am I overstating the case at all by saying I feel like you have to win Sunday? No. It's not an overstatement. If you don't win on Sunday, you can't make the playoffs. Can't? You can't make the playoffs if you don't beat the Giants on Sunday. I think it hurts your chances. I won't say can't. You won't make the playoffs where's if the, you don't beat the Giants on if Sunday. If you don't, where's the rebound is my question. Well, you could rebound a home game against Philadelphia. But again, this you need to front load yeah, your wins. Yeah, but then wins. it gets tough again. Front load your wins because once you get to the... once you The first eight games are much easier than the second eight games. If you believe that Kansas City and Dallas and Seattle... And Chicago and Green Bay, if you believe that those teams that you're going to face in the last half of the season, if you don't start at least five and three, you aren't making the playoffs. Yeah. And the I'm road trying gets to find a lot tougher. And so if five and three is the bare minimum to get to nine or ten wins with how hard your second half schedule is, you almost had to get one at Green Bay or Chicago. And this means you one hundred percent have to beat the Giants, the Eagles, and you probably in these next four games, this is the weakest four game stretch of your schedule. You got to go at least three and one, or you don't make the playoffs. Write it down. That's binding. Yeah, that's binding you right just now. Make a binding right for that Friday. Down. It's a binding right that down. You can't right say write it down without it being binding. Yeah. Anyways, my Harrison Smith that, prediction my was, was great. Gold. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Hey, your Gophers, dude. Don't sell your Gophers short. Seriously, that was. I don't care how bad Purdue might be. That was the game plan I've wanted for four weeks now from them. Throw the ball up. Let two NFL wide receivers and, go. And you know what? The kid could play some QB. He might not Relative be God's gift to other quarterback. quarterbacks. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like the Gophers bar is... You think the Vikings quarterback bar is low to clear. The that's Gophers really, quarterback bar... That's really nice of you, Judd. Look at the smile you just put on his face. It was impressive. The smile you just put on I was impressed. I know. Dun, 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 dun. We need something good. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, the Twins win the bleeping division, and the second baseman, huh? the second baseman charging across the infield, gets hurt. They let's, broke the home run record. Okay, huh? let's, let's talk about that next. Huh? Okay, let's talk about that next. No, that was that's great. I'm glad for you guys too. And nobody wanted the home run record more than Robbie and Phil. Yes, and we got what we wanted. You we'll did. talk about that next. And we're also going to unveil if you missed it earlier on on the Score North first place American League Central Division champion Twin Show. We are in a giving mood. And uh, we're going to give someone potentially $10,000 in a new Bomba Challenge. So we'll unveil that when we come back to Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. Uh, Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights coming up in about 15 or 20 minutes. So Luther Brookdale Toyota is sitting on the corner of 694 Brooklyn Boulevard. And we thank them for their generous $2,500 donation to our Mission for Meals campaign last week. And that's just the type of people that they are. They're... They're very giving and caring. Uh, they're also very knowledgeable. And if you go in, you'll get the same experience, the same service that my family and I have been getting since the 1980s. And right now, there's all kinds of great new deals. If you go to LutherBrookdaleToyota.com, you can find 2020 Corollas, 2019 RAV4 XLEs, and uh, you can find out just why these are some of the most popular vehicles in the world. Like a 2020 uh, Toyota Corolla right now, uh, let's see here. What kind of deal can you get? $179 a month for 36 months on on a lease with just $19.99 down. And go, you can go check out that brand new look on that Corolla. 
as well. 694 in Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Jonathan here with the Score North download. And at one point, it was a nice regular season for the Vikings, but that was 10 years ago when we all went on a magic carpet ride with Brett Favre. And we're doing a deep dive into every aspect of that 2009 Vikings season. You can join Sage Rosenfels, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and Ryan Longwell on Minnesota Sports Rewind, the 2009 Vikings edition right now on demand anywhere you find your favorite podcast or just go to scorenorth.com and click on shows. That's Minnesota Sports Rewind. And boys, I asked this question to caller earlier. What the hell was Khalil Mack saying here? Anybody got a translation? Uh, a dog that poop fast don't poop for long, man. Uh, it's, a, it's a good division, man. There's going to be a lot of games that we got running down the stretch, you know what I mean? But the most important one is the next one, you know what I'm saying? He I, did he say something about poop? He said, yeah, a play dog, it again. he said, go ahead, play it again. Uh, a dog that poops fast don't poop for long, man. A dog that poops fast doesn't poop for long. On vet on vet line, <laughs> we we had an extensive conversation about what Clomac meant because he said it super confidently. So yeah. there's clearly like he, he wasn't definitely said it before. He wasn't misspeaking, and we decided that if you consider what he how he ended the sentence, he was basically saying it's a long season, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It, yeah, that and was so, his way of saying it's a marathon. So basically, what he's saying is my new favorite way to say that: take then. a newspaper in. A magazine, your phone, enjoy take your time, yeah, enjoy it, and read. Don't take your phone in there, though. That's gross. And you read. Take your phone in. It's got poop on it, no. I can't believe you must be so bored in the bathroom. No, I have not He doesn't have poop paper on him, too. Just wash your hands. Watch, wash the phone a little bit. You'll be fine. I have a Chicago Tribune. I stockpile months' worth of Chicago Tribune. Do you Tribune keep them in the bathroom? Or do you yes. Keep them up? No, they stay in the but bathroom. But then the papers have. So mm. then the papers have poop, and you're just touching them. Yes, and then I wash but my you, hands. But before you're not okay with bringing your phone in. I wash my hands before I walk out, and the newspaper never leaves the bathroom other than in a plastic bag when I take out the garbage. Yeah, but that bottom paper is just collecting poop oh, forever. Right, <laughs> <laughs> then I wash my hands up. It's still gross. Driven to left, a bullet <laughs> headed for the wall and over the wall. CJ Crone with his 25th of the year and the team hitting its 305th home run of the season. High fly left center field. It's hit pretty well. Phillips is going back, looking up. That ball is gone. Jason Castro with a home run, his 13th, and the team's 307th. Yeah, and there it is, Judd. That is what you call a stamp on a season. There we go. Congratulations. No matter what happens going forward, the season has been stamped officially. The Twins are the greatest power hitting team. I love how much he in doesn't the history care. of baseball. That's outstanding. <laughs> he could not care less. Good for Jason Castro. And although he could I, not possibly care less. I would love That's for accurate. them to go on and slay the dragon, as Dave St. Peter said on this show last week. The fact that they are the greatest power hitting team in baseball history makes this season relevant long term. It's a memorable, relevant season. Agreed. Now because of I'm 100 percent with you. Jason Castro. We've been on the same page about this the entire time. That. But by the way, should have been the contest. Who would hit the home run if the Twins were to establish the record, which they did, because nobody would have got Jason Castro. That would have been a tough one. That's not true. I think a lot of, in our first, actually, let's unveil this right now, just so it, just so people are... So we've got another contest. Uh, up, and up here. Bombas away for 10K. So, you know, we love our Bomba Challenge. We've been giving away Bomba Soda t-shirts for uh, every game so far this season. We tried like hell to give away $50,000 for a Bomba Challenge, a record Bomba Challenge. The bases were loaded. So here's how this works for the playoff Bomba Challenge. It's Bombas away for 10K. If you can predict who hits the first playoff home run for the Twins, 
likely on Friday, game one, you'll be entered to win $1,000. So you can either go with the, like Nelson Cruz would be the most obvious pick, but once you see the lineups, if Jason Castro is in the lineup and not many people pick him, then you have a better chance to, to win. Depends on your game strategy. So you'll be entered to win $1,000 if you can correctly predict who it's the first playoff bomba for the Twins. If that home run happens to be a grand slam, the prize jumps to $10,000. You can enter with these three easy steps. Download the free Score North mobile app, Apple or Android. It's available for both. Register on the app and then enter the contest through listener rewards. It's that easy. What's the latest that you can enter? Because I'd like, like to see literally the, right up, right up to first pitch. I'd like to see the lineups. Well, Nelson Cruz will be in it, so no, right? But if I'm going to pick Castro, or if I'm if I'm going to pick a guy that I don't know or expect, let's say Jonathan Scope, Lamont Wade, probably playing second base. Maybe if Mitch Garver is leading off, exactly right. Yeah, you might just go ahead and, and actually don't sleep on Max Kepler, who I think will probably come back. Mm-hmm. I think the lineup comes out usually the day before, although they don't have to finalize the rosters until like nine o'clock yeah, in the morning. On Baldelli Friday. already said because of Arise that they are going to uh, take it right up to the last second, probably in terms of when they will announce their ALDS sure. roster. It's fair enough, but that's how you can win ten k. When are game times? Finally, going to be announced. Know. Yeah, hopefully. I saw the twin said at some point later this week or something. I thought it would be today, but evidently it's not going to be today. Um, so you're saying now that the twins have the record, now that this is a real thing, the, the home run it, record, it, it, it means nothing to you. I think it's nice. It means nothing to you. I think it's nice. It doesn't excite me that that much. But I'm not telling. But I'm not making fun of it. I think it's great. I just doesn't. I don't know. It just doesn't do much for me. It's cool. It, but ma- it's it like, makes it one of if you start to rank the most memorable seasons yeah. in the, in 91 87 I would argue that it's the third most memorable season in Twins history because solely because they broke the home run record. It's one of the three most memorable seasons in Twins history. Hmm, I'd have to think about that. It might it, be true. It moves above the contraction Twins of 2001 or 2002 because they actually set a record. They did something that you could 2006 wrap your where they were so good and blew it. That doesn't come anywhere near this. No matter how this ends, this is top 3. Yes, for you. They broke the major league home 65 run. Sixty-five first World Series appearance. I was Harmon. I, I know you weren't born yet, I but I'm just minus saying. Twenty years old. I know, I'm sure but that I'm, was a memorable. But season. I'm just saying. I think that was a big deal. Okay, <laughs> I loved Harmon. Kidder. Lost to Colfax. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. But what was okay? So they lost. In the, they lost in the postseason in no, so the world, the world Series. Yeah. They lost. They lost in the postseason. The oh, home run record is great. I'm not. I, listen, just because it doesn't excite me that much does not mean that it's not a great but thing. The home run. I'm record, not belittling it. The at home all, run record to me. Uh-huh. As far as looking back and it being a memorable season, more of a stamp on the season than winning an ALDS series and then losing in the ALCS. See, I would disagree with that personally. But again, that's my feeling. Right. If, if you beat the, the if it's the Yankees, but it would it would be if you're going to be if you beat the Yankees in round one. To me, even if you then go out in the ALCS to the Astros, for instance, as someone who's followed this team for a long time and seen them what play. They've played the Yankees, is it 15 playoff games and lost 13? I mean, it's, yeah, well, it was it's some it was, ridiculous. It was it's four, 10 in a row four, right now. Yeah, four, four, uh, and then three, three. Yeah, it's, and it's, then one. it's bad. Um, so, what, yeah, so what, what would, in terms of accomplishments, I'm with Judd on the Yankee series. I think there's something to be accomplished just based on this franchise's history in the last 20 years in just beating the Yankees in the ALD. I can see that. It's not, if it were, you know, if it were any other team, the Rays. Yeah, if you beat yeah. them, it, it would be nice. You know, get to the ALCS again, but it, because it's the Yankees, correct? 
That's what you're saying. That is your accomplishment this year. That your mm-hmm. only stated goal right now is to beat the Yankees in a playoff series, and anything beyond that is gravy. Mm-hmm. And if you wind up finishing this season as the most prolific home run hitting team ever, and you got over your Yankees demons, you slayed the dragon, as Dave St. Peter well, said. Well, that's a, yeah. That's a wildly successful season. Absolutely. And then you can build on that for next year. You can still win the World Series. My too, problem, by the way, but personally, yeah, you start here. I, I am, and it's it just me, but I have become home run desensitized. They're just so common now. It's cool, but. Because the previous mark that was set by the Yankees last year was what two sixty four or something two two sixty seven yeah two sixty seven. But the point being, you you had three oh seven and the Yankees had three oh six, and I think altogether was it four teams broke that record from last year. Mm-hmm. So the the reason why to me it's not as special is I've just become home run desensitized. Okay. But it's but it would be one thing if they were like the fourth team on that list to break sure. the record, and we were saying, "Hey, they broke the old major league home run record." No, this is not Judd. Everybody's hitting more home runs, and they hit the most home runs of everybody who's hitting more. Home Judd's runs. not poo pooing this and saying that it's stupid. He's just saying personally, he's home run desensitized. I've talked to him a few <laughs> times. He's at home right now. He doesn't feel well. Desensitized to home run, Judd. Setting it a lot off. of long yeah. balls. Too many long balls, guys. All right. You want more grounders? How about Joe Madden, huh? Where'd that come from? Where'd that come from? I don't know. It just popped into my head. Yeah. Couldn't help but mention it. Yeah. How do you, real quick, how do you feel about that? That's an interesting, the way that they kind of framed it up, Theo Epstein and Joe Madden said, hey, we drank an expensive (laughs) bottle of wine last night. Multiple multiple bottles of wine. We got blasted together. I fired you. (laughs) (laughs) Basically what he said, he's like, we got drunk last night and I fired Joe Madden. Uh Although his contract's up, right? Yeah, it technically so, wasn't a firing. It okay. was just a parting of ways. But is that is did he turn into a bad manager over the last five years? No, I don't know. I mean, it's possible that things just ran their course. That happens with even good managers, to the best of us. Things just run their course. He wasn't the problem. He might have been a small part of whatever the problem was for the, the arrow to start turning down ever since 2016 on the Cubs, but... If that's the only major change they're going to make, I don't think it will be. But if it is, then it's it's not enough. Girardi, Girardi next, do you think? I think it's probably Girardi or David Ross. Girardi well, makes, David Ross would be... Girardi makes a lot of sense, though, because to Phil's point about coaches, he's probably the polar opposite to Madden, right? Yes. Girardi's more of a hard-ass type of guy. Yeah. But I think he's liked and respected, but he's a different personality. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, Tom Pelissero tells us he's it's actually on the field in Pittsburgh during this hit. Spotted in a bar I saw on Twitter in Pittsburgh today. Pelissero? Very controversial right now. Pelissero like defended... Off duty or on duty? Well, we can talk to him about it. All right. And we'll get his thoughts on what happened at Soldier Field yesterday. Vikings are 2-2. Two and two. Full coverage at scorenorth.com. Chad is ratting out Tom. <laughs> Let's just say we'll find out. <laughs> Never going to give you a... TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. You know, look at they're trying to help on Mac, and he's fourth down and complete. Thielen. That was behind him, and that was Fuller on the coverage. I think uh, uh, we're just as frustrated as every fan in this. In the state of Minnesota, uh, every Minnesota Vikings fan, we're, we are we are more frustrated. Uh, we put everything we have into off season. Uh, we grind every single day, and then to put a performance like that is is so frustrating. It's it's unbelievable. But at the end of the day, you got to look yourself in the mirror. 
Um, you got you got to be better yourself, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come back to work on on Monday. All right, that's a frustrated Adam Thielen there. After the Vikings got destroyed in embarrassing fashion at Soldier Field, it's Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. And if you miss Vikings Ventline today, Judd and Danny took 18 phone calls, and uh, a guy from was it Budapest said an untoward word. He was a, to... it was a great call until it wasn't. <laughs> we had to hit you the can't dump button. Say that on American radio, no. sir. So go back, give it a listen. Podcastable anywhere you find podcasts. Purple Daily and Vikings Ventline. So Tom Pelissero. Wait, what's all this? What's what are all these rumors about you being in Pittsburgh bars today, Tom Pelissero? That was a great moment right there. Uh, so I, my 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 schedule has been all off today because I didn't get to Pittsburgh until one thirty a.m. after covering the Vikings Bears in Chicago. So slept in a little bit. Everything was later. I missed lunch. I come to the stadium, do my first hit. I think got like an hour. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to walk down the street to Jerome Bettis's place. You know, nice upscale. Uh, type of a, you know, sports bar type of thing. I go in there. All the tables are full. So I sit at the bar, order myself a nice little water and salad. Steelers fan next to me, you know, introducing myself, asks where I work, has no idea who I am, obviously. And then so I walk out. I sit down at my computer back in the stadium. I see he's tweeted, just met Tom Pellicero at the bar. <laughs> so I felt the need then to, to tweet, listen, just in case you're about to see me, after this on TV, it was a water and a salad, but then that led to everybody from Ian Rapport, Mike Garofolo to Eric Weddle crushing me and saying it's okay if I admit that I was actually over there having a couple of beers. I did not. I might be substantially looser on TV if I uh, had a couple of Chardonnays, but I don't think I want to uh, test those waters just yet. He's a pretty sweet dude, said this this guy. So clearly, clearly you are an approachable celebrity. There's there are multiple ways that you can take that. <laughs> or like, am I the sweet or it's like awesome? Or am I just like, wow, what a nice, a nice young man. Unclear, but I'll take it. It looked like uh, Kirk Cousins might have had a few Chardonnays before the wow. game yesterday. What did what did My you Chardonnay, make? Yeah. What did you make of that performance? How much of it do you chalk up to just a very good Bears defense? Well, it was, it's a very good Bears defense, but also one that did not have Akeem Hicks. They did not have Roquan Smith. Uh, I bumped into a, a member of the Viking staff before the game who was asking about Roquan. So that all came out 20 minutes before an act as we're due. And then uh, the staff member goes, do they still have Khalil Mack? Okay. In other words, that was still the guy that they always were most concerned about wrecking the game. And he gave Riley Reef a, a terrible time over there and left tackle. That's, I understand, and we, I feel like we do this every two weeks, that all the attention gets placed onto Kirk Cousins, but Stephon Diggs has a fumble when they're driving. Reef just could not block Khalil Mack. Uh, they made enough other mistakes through the course of the game. You can't pin it all on Cousins, but here's where you do have to place blame on Kirk Cousins, which is they are a run it and then pull play action and throw the ball down the field team. That's what they are supposed to be. They knew going into this game, and Coach Mike Zimmer preached it the entire week, we know it's going to be hard to get Dalvin Cook going just because these guys are a tough matchup. But when you go into a game like that, even if you're running the ball 30 times for 30 yards, you're still thinking you're going to see positive matchups on the back end. When Adam Thielen has two steps on Kyle Fuller on the opening drive of the game, and you don't either stick that throw or at least put enough air under it that Thielen has a chance to go make a play, those are just the ones that you cannot have. That was a huge pivot point early in that game. The crowd got into it. 
And then, of course, they come out of halftime, the strip sack on the first play. And from that point on, it felt like it was yeah. over. Tom Pelissero, NFL Network, in Pittsburgh right now. And uh, every every Monday at this time, we go through Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights. And I, I, at some point, I don't know what else we're supposed to do with this Vikings team since the Minneapolis Miracle. And most of this, outside of one game, falls on... Uh, at least falls in the Kirk Cousins era. They are 2-9-1 and one on national TV and or against the Bears and Packers. So basically, in their biggest games, they shrink. And they are 2-9-1 and one in those games. And I just, you know, you start to add it up, and it just it feels like this is the same brick wall that they're going to run into. Have you seen any signs that tell you that there's going to be a change this season? Uh, well, I don't know that, you know, you have to look at all those games in isolation. I'd have to go back through all of them. I didn't watch that game yesterday and say, they were just totally overwhelmed. They didn't come out with any juice. I thought defensively, they came out with a ton of juice. I mean, they, they hit Mitch Strabisky, injured him on the, the sixth you know, play of the game. Of course, not intentionally, but he takes a hit, goes down. Everson Griffin was about a half step away from uh, killing Chase Daniel for a bunch of sacks. Uh, you know, they, they were in the face. I thought that they were moving well. They, they obviously gave up that really long kind of energy-sucking drive in the early going, but settled down after that, came up with the big red zone stop after the strip sack. Those were the things that they were talking about. Um, you know, Harrison Smith had made the point to me after the Packers game that, listen, for as bad as things went, if we just get some red zone stops early in Green Bay, it's 9 nothing or 13 nothing, not 21 nothing. They did do that. They bowed up after a slow start. It was on the offensive side of the ball that you just got that sense that this was not going to, to be their day. And I, you know, whether it's about it being prime time or on the road against divisional foes, whatever, you, you can certainly follow the track record and, and draw your own conclusions. It just seems like they have an issue with consistently executing what they want to be as an offense. You know, it, it's one thing to say we're not going to be able to run the ball for 150 yards every time out. The misconception is they don't think they are. They're not sitting there saying we have to run the football. It's they need to get the attempts. That's what Kyle Rudolph told me last week. It's all about the attempts, even in a game like this. That's going to give you those favorable looks on the back end. When they're not taking advantage of it, the whole thing falls apart. Are the Detroit Lions, Tom, a, a legit team? They gave KC a tough game. They've got the tie and obviously took the big lead in week one on the Cardinals and blew it, but got the tie. How legit are the Lions? I've been saying this on this show and elsewhere. I, I don't think that there's a bad team in the NFC North. I mean, I went through Detroit. The vibe was definitely different this time around in minicamp and in training camp than it was a year ago. They've got more of Matt Patricia's type of guys. And what I mean by that is when you're trying to build a Patriots type of culture, you need guys who fit into that culture. Well, guess what? You can't turn over all 53 guys on a roster out of the gate. There may be, may be plenty of guys who were still on that team a year ago who simply were not a fit. Now you bring in the Danny Amendola's and Justin Coleman and Trey Flowers, other high-character guys like Jesse James, drafting T.J. Hawkinson. they got the right people, and they've upgraded the talent as well. I mean, Matt Patricia's run defense got so much better the second half of last season, especially after they brought in Snacks Harrison. They're always going to set the edge. That's where it begins. My concern with them going in, and they probably wouldn't dispute this, would be can they stop the pass? Well, they didn't get one more stop yesterday against the Chiefs, but that is the MVP of the league, Patrick Mahomes, the best player on the planet, really talented skill group that they've got there. They still stayed in that game. Matthew Stafford showed he still can fit the ball into some really tight windows. They got a good young back and carry on Johnson. They got a lot of things going for them. They just, you know, they are kind of equipped to play some lower scoring types of games. And even yesterday, you saw that 
you know, when they need to, they may be able to step on the gas and have a little bit of uh, scoring in them, too. Talking with Tom Pelissero, as we do every Monday here on Mackey and Judd with Rami. Speaking of run defenses, what happened to the Packers on on Thursday? A team whose defense looked really good through three weeks, and all of a sudden it looked a lot like defenses that we've seen in recent years from the Packers. I talked to some coaches and players who had watched that game, um, and they said the same thing, which was just there were some big creases. They were running through some really big creases um, that night. And, you know, for whatever reason that was, it certainly seems like schematically there were some things that the Eagles caught them with. You know, on the flip side, the offense for the Packers moved the football really well. Just, you know, a couple of red zone stops at the end there where they couldn't get it in. Jimmy Graham can't hang on to that ball on fourth and goal. Um, yeah, they certainly have improved from the offensive side. You can just see them getting a little bit more rhythm as they go. In terms of what happened to that defense, it was, it was unusual to say the least. They certainly are, are a more talented team than they showed on that Thursday night. Yeah. Um, okay. Gardner Minshew is such an interesting character. How many, like, how, how many hidden gem Gardner Minshews are sitting out there late round draft picks that just haven't gotten a chance yet? Or is he just a special breed? Well, he's a special breed in a lot of ways, but like, is are there other Gardner Minshews just hidden and and they haven't been given a chance? I remember meeting Gardner Minshew at the Senior Bowl. He's one of those guys who immediately has just this gravity about him, not in a serious way, but just in a you feel like you're around a presence just because he's such a big personality, not afraid to show it. I was working sideline for that game, so I'd interviewed him a couple of times during the course of the week. I'm standing there waiting outside their locker room to interview Kyle Shanahan for the pregame. All of a sudden, I feel somebody, like, slap my ass, like, go get him. I turn around, it's Gardner. He's like, hey, bro, go get him today. Yeah. Like, he's just he's a different, wired guy than everybody else that you're going to be around. You know, when I talked to scouts about him coming out in the draft, what they said was this guy's the perfect backup quarterback because he's got moxie, because he's got, you know, some juice to him. When he comes in the huddle, you feel like you can win. And he was really efficient in that quick stripe, chuck it around type of a uh, you know air raid offense that Mike Leach runs up there at Washington State. The issue was he's on the smaller side, doesn't have a big arm. There are some things with arm strength that frustrated some people when they watched the tape. Senior Bowl week was okay, wasn't very good in the game. That's why a guy like that is available where he was. People had him projected as being a long-term backup in the league. I don't know how many people believe that he'd be able to step in in this type of situation and get a team like the Jaguars wins early on. Firm butt slap or soft one? <laughs> I recall. I mean, I'm. I, you know, you're testing me here on my memory. I recall it being relatively firm, mm-hmm. not in like a frightening way, but definitely in a. Uh, I noticed it uh, when he was going by. Five like, <laughs> five give the real firm butt slaps. And, and another entertaining guy, but can't say that Favre has ever slapped my ass. Oh. But you, but there's something. But there's you, always something you to want next in your career. Definitely on Twitter. If that gets tweeted out in isolation with no context. <laughs> All right, Tom. Where can, where, can, where can people find you dodging butt slaps on TV here the rest of the night? I will be on NFL Network uh, leading up to kickoff here, uh, and then I will be back uh, sometime later this week on NFL Network. Later on, be back here in Pittsburgh actually for. Next week's game against the Ravens, and you can always find me on Twitter, Instagram, and everywhere else. Awesome, man. All right, see you, Tom. Bye, Tom. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Stay Tom. out of bars and butt slaps. Uh, Tom Pelissero's butt slap insights. On <laughs> well, I figured if he said that, that Favre, you know, Favre loved to do that, so I thought... Did and, you ever get a butt slap from Favre? No, but I, you know, I didn't, but I saw him do it, 
and it, he he gave oh, the firm he I gave the firm like it looked oh, yeah, like a no. hurt like reverberating butts yeah oh, like it, it left a mark it a mark yeah for yeah. sure yeah a welt it's a lot can I say <laughs> just aggressive in continuing to process that game yesterday sure. it is such a classic Vikings thing to lose to the backup quarterback isn't it but the the backup quarterback comes in. I feel like this has happened with Chicago a bunch of times. Like, wasn't there a Had Chad you? Hutchinson game at yes, one point? Yes, there was. I read about it today. Two thousand Chad Hutchinson. 2004. Damn. And, and he played. I blacked that out. He played the rest of that season, retired, and finished his career with uh, three wins. And I think that was the last one. Yeah. One of them against the Vikings, of course. Well, the, think about who the Bears have started, though, against them. Or brought in through the years. Shane Matthews. Yeah, let's talk about this. We don't really this. have to do this. Sure we do. It's a very interesting, it's a litany of... I'm sure Moses Moreno probably started one against you guys. Don't think he didn't. Okay, is there a legitimate chatter about Chase Daniel just maybe being the starting quarterback? There, is from, there is from this station. I mean, I heard Chris Mortensen say something about it this morning. That maybe for now, he's the better option. Uh, other than that, no. I haven't heard anything. I said yesterday, if Nagy's got the cojones, I'd go up to the podium today and be like, we got a new starting quarterback here. <laughs> That's and Mitch, ridiculous. Mitch, That'd you know what? Absolutely ridiculous. You can hold a Gatorade bottle by me. You can hold a clipboard. You can wear a Bears cap, much like Rami's right there. Very cool. Okay, if Mitch Trubisky, let me throw some names out. Oh boy! So, so Kirk Cousins. I think this is, is totally fair. Is this but, you guys trying to make yourselves feel better about your quarterback situation by ripping no. my team's quarterback situation? No, we won't. Reckless speculation. Okay, rank in order mm-hmm. right now. If it was just you're talking about the Vikings and who you'd want to quarterback the Vikings. So Gardner Minshew has basically taken over the job in Jacksonville, right? Nick Foles is going to come back at some point, but Nick Foles is looking for a job again, right? There's uh, going to be riots if they try and bench Gardner Minshew at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Kirk Cousins, yep. Nick Foles, yep. and then the loser of the starting quarterback battle in Chicago, Chase Daniel That's or not, Mitchell Trubisky. It, Rank those quarterbacks in order of how comfortable you'd feel if they were the Vikings starting quarterback. I want Nick Foles. Here's why. He'll get hurt. And then immediately I'll find the greatest backup ever. That's true. That does seem to be the trend. So I'll solve my Whoever problem. Whoever is the other quarterback yep. on the roster when Nick Foles shows up, he usually turns out to be pretty good. Give me Foles. Not because I have to watch Foles, but but because then something unfortunate will happen to Nick Foles and I'll have your and you'll have your new quarterback. That's Nick Foles logic. is also he's he's like you know, both him and Cousins have their mediocre regular season track records at times, but then when it comes down to the big game in the big spot, Nick Foles has performed and has won a Super Bowl at an AFC cha- NFC Championship game. I was there. I saw it. It was impressive. Yeah. So you're saying there's no controversy at all in Chicago? There can't be. Get the disgust on Robbie's There face. can't be. Whatever you think of Mitchell Trubisky, he need he he needs to hit that ceiling for the Bears to get to sniff a Super Bowl. Chase Daniel, his ceiling isn't good enough for them to win a Super Bowl, even with that defense. I would argue that he's because he's only thrown the ball like a hundred times in the ten years he's been in the NFL. That we don't know what Chase Daniel's ceiling is, and maybe we started to see. I'm going to tell you the same thing I told you about Teddy Bridgewater. If he was good at playing quarterback, he'd be playing quarterback somewhere right now, look, and it wouldn't be look because at Teddy now. I'm sorry, it wouldn't uh, be because uh, somebody did you see Teddy got, last night? It wouldn't be because somebody got hurt. I believe, he would just I believe, be playing quarterback. I believe Teddy is now two and zero against the Seahawks on the road and, and against the Cowboys so far. This Incredibly season. mediocre in the but process. But what you're saying Wins is win, Chase Daniel, they, he's it. The Bears are going to be in Miami with Chase Daniel. Under no way. They have two bye weeks to get Mitch healthy again. Or to stick him on IR. And a nice trip to London in the process. Him, you know what, Mitch? The doctor said you didn't need surgery, but we believe you do. 
<laughs> We've scheduled it for tomorrow morning. In fact, all tests have shown that you are structurally sound and fine. It's going to be a but double shoulder gonna, amputation. But uh, Matt Nagy's actually going to cut you open. Because <laughs> he's made sure the holiday in last night. Never play football ever again. Um, a reminder... <laughs> The Minnesota, and we're gonna we're gonna unveil when we come back here. This just came out in this last segment, the playoff start time. So we know what time the Twins and the Yankees are going to be playing in games one and game two. But we're gonna try and give away ten thousand dollars, bombas away for ten k. If you can predict who hits the first playoff home run for the Minnesota Twins, probably on Friday night. In fact, if they don't get one on Friday It'll night, it'll be the first inning Friday. It'll be a pop-up. Infield fly roll batters out. Oh, that's a home yeah. run. If they don't get one on Friday night, my prediction of 12 bombas in a four-game series victory for the Twins is out the window. Yeah, it'll be tough mathematically. Because they probably won't happen. win, and they definitely won't get 12 home runs. Yeah. But if you can correctly predict the first playoff home run for the Twins, you'll be entered to win $1,000. And if if it stopped there, it'd be pretty cool, right? Like, oh, it's pretty cool. Going to give away $1,000 to somebody. Well, if that home run is a grand slam. The prize jumps to $10,000. And you can enter this way. Three very easy steps. Download the free Score North mobile app, available for Apple or Android. Register on the app, and then enter through listener rewards. Just click on that little menu button once you're inside the app. And that's it. And uh, it'll prompt you to enter the last name, and you'll see the spelling in there. You Don't don't, don't worry if you don't know how to spell some of the uh, the names. But um, that's, what we're, uh, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to give away $10,000, bomb us away, for 10K, it's Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. And when we come back, we'll unveil those Twins playoff times. And uh, we'll also talk about the major, potentially unnecessary injury that was suffered. Driven to left, a bullet headed for the wall and over the wall. C.J. Crone with his 25th of the year. And the team hitting its 305th home run of the season. High fly, left center field. Did pretty well. Phillips is going back, looking up. That ball is gone. Jason Castro with a home run. His 13th. And the team's 307. And the Bombas will start flying out of Yankee Stadium officially now. Friday night's game one. At 6.07 Central Time on MLB Network. Game 2 on Saturday, 4.07 Central Time on Fox Sports 1, gentlemen. And uh, our own Judd Zolgad is going to be out there for Games 1 and Game 2. So you'll be doing, we're still trying to figure out logistics, but you'll be doing Mackie and Judd with Rami, Scorner Twin Show, and uh, all kinds of other stuff. Morning, Judd. Afternoon, Judd. Evening, Judd. Late night, Judd. Oh, in New York, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I better not be asleep too early. That'd be a, right. that'd be a waste of a Judd after dark. Ju- Judd after should... dark in New York. Oh. I think you should fire yourself. <laughs> Judd, put the camera down. Batten down the hatches. <laughs> um, so if you're uh, if you're looking to figure block out time, we're gonna do. We'll announce more coverage plans of just from the score north side of things, but likely. A watch along and for sure post game call in shows and post game video streaming shows. We're going to be all hands on deck. We got you covered. The Scorner Twin Show. Um, now, obviously, that Friday show, Mackie and Jeb with Rami live is a pregame show. So that'll be fun. Perfect. With Judd at Yankee Stadium. But uh, should be this should be a fun week as we transition from lamenting the Vikings loss yesterday to hoping that the Twins can once again get on the saddle and not get kicked off this time. How nice. And and basically, since I started at the station, this sort of happened a couple of years back. But 
how nice is it to have a good baseball team? Yeah, because you came along after 2010. So yeah. this is really like, the, this is the first playoff series. You've been here for nine years. And I've not seen a playoff series. series. I've seen a playoff game, the wild card game, but that's not the same. But it's just so nice to have a baseball team that you can talk about. Think about this. Like for our purposes, for what we yes. do for a living? Oh, it's great. Think about this. In 2000, was it 16 that they lost 103 games? We were basically done legitimately talking about that team in late April. Yes. Because they started 0-9, didn't they? Yeah, they and like, you and Derek are like, they're, it's over. Mm. And I, I remember thinking, I mean, they're bad, but is it really over? Yeah, and over. it went, it was awful. Yeah, we said cut the brakes, but on the other one. Cut the brakes. Yeah. <laughs> Season's over. This cut the cable completely cord. out of control. Yeah. Just let it go. It is great, though. <laughs> it's so much fun to have a, a team that you can actually be talking about in the fall. And uh, it's fun because, yeah, I started in 2011 and all went to hell right after that. Uh, okay. Luis Arise. Uh, now they're listing him. It, they said ankle sprain, grade one, so not as bad as it looked or as bad as it could have been. But he was on crutches. Apparently yesterday he was walking around without crutches, but still very gingerly. And they're going to take it right up to. They don't have to announce their ALDS roster until Friday morning around nine o'clock. So they're going to walk it right up there and see if they can get away with putting Arise on the postseason roster. But it's just such. I, I, I disagree with people who say, why is he even playing in the first place? You can't just sit everybody, and then you get you basically get a week until you play the Yankees on Friday. You can't clinch and then just sit everybody for a week, and then all no, of a I sudden... I mean, you have to field the team. Yes. You have to field... You have to put got nine guys out there to catch baseballs. Yeah. And and if you decided, well, we'll field the team, but, but much like the team that played the day game against the Tigers... well. You, I, I'm not signing up for Nelson Cruz, Luis Arise, my five or six most prominent hitters. I'm not signing up for those guys sitting for a week and then tuning up against ALDS Yankees pitching. I mean, that's you're going to face Luis Severino after not having played for a week. Sorry, that's not that's not what I would do strategically. So it's unfortunate that he got hurt. It dings their chances to beat the Yankees for sure, but it doesn't cripple your chances. And Jonathan Scope's the type of guy if he's the one who plays every day. He's the type of guy that can hit two or three big home runs in a series and and get hot. He's a streaky power hitter. I've got one question, though. When, when Arise, who I believe it was playing third base, is, is that correct? Yeah. And and Astadio, who I blamed at first, but I was wrong. Arise comes flying across. Why isn't Duffy controlling that traffic completely? In fact, I heard Jack Morris was talking on, I want to say, a Fox Sports North a telecast this year about the fact that there were times where he would literally tackle a guy. Like he would yeah, take Royce a rise. Molly referenced it in okay. the aftermath of what happened to a rise on Sunday, and it makes sense, right? Like you grab, like you grab him because he's flying across, and you and and you're watching all this unfold in front of you. And I'm not joking here. Why wouldn't if you're Duffy? Why wouldn't you just grab him if Ostadia catches it? Awesome. If he doesn't, okay, that's too bad. But that seemed like such an unnecess- unnecessary sequence triggered by the player who unfortunately got hurt and triggered. Uh... I'd say, and Duffy in, has to help too. In Astadio's case, a guy who's a borderline roster guy too, maybe. Uh, well, right, but to sabotage. Mm-hmm. But if that's huh? Astadio flying across here, just saying. Darn it! I'm trying to have a serious conversation here about baseball strategy. <laughs> <laughs> I've also got one more question. Too bad. It looks like I have to be on the roster now. <laughs> I've also got one more, and this two old school baseball people. That's going to sound like a ridiculous question, but. With all of the things baseball strategically shifts that that we've that we've tinkered with and rethought in recent years, why doesn't the pitcher now just catch that ball? Like if you're shifted around, guys, you know guys are coming from different angles now, and 
why don't we just say, all right, for a long time we said pitcher can't catch the ball, and it's some weird, almost unwritten rule. Yeah, pitchers are treated very, very delicately in that regard. But if you think about this, unless it's bases full in a key moment, that play itself, worst case, if it just drops, is not catastrophic. Like, worst case, it's probably a single, because if I try and take two and the ball drops, I'm probably going to get myself thrown out at second base. So with all that we've gone now and thought to ourselves, what can we change about baseball, which, okay, I'm fine with, why don't we say, that's Tyler Duffy's ball? Yeah, I don't And nobody a, else moves towards him. I don't have a great answer other than we just apparently don't trust pitchers to do basic things that other athletes do, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a recurring theme in baseball. When you watch them play, we don't ask them to hit. We don't expect them to run. And, run. When, and when they do run, we run a jacket out yeah, to them. Yeah, we bring so a jacket out to them so they don't get chilly. And it can be 85 <laughs> degrees and they still bring the damn jacket out. They do, yeah. They got but am I, bumps. am I nuts here? That's just Duffy's ball. Nobody else converges. And again, if it drops, it drops, and that's a single. Yeah, I don't. It's a good question. I think now on towering pop ups that they're not used to feeling or seeing, but a third baseman or. Uh, a catcher is. I think it's got a, if if it's sort of a middle ground pop. That's up, what I'm saying. Yeah, I think. But the if it's between, just be trusted. If it's clearly between home plate and the pitcher's mound, so I'm not suggesting that that if it's towards second base, he tries to backpedal. Yeah, because that could go wrong too. But if it's just a basically straight pop up that's going to be uh, descend somewhere between home plate and the mound, I don't see why it's just not his ball. And if it drops, okay, that's too bad it dropped. But. This whole thing of guys converging in at, sp- at speeds, and I, I got no, I got no, I got, it seems like a real waste of time for a potential single. Yeah, and, and also, too, like just to, why can't the Twins just get to October and not have Luis Arise break his ankle almost? You know, like why can't, why can't they just coast through a weekend series against a crappy team and win their 100 games and hit their bomb bus and get to the postseason of course, they have to lose one of the best rookies that we've seen in franchise history, a guy who's the second coming of Tony Gwynn this season. And the, the, the they are such contrasting players because it's not necessarily arise for scope every single time you write out a lineup, but that's kind of the trade-off, right? It's arise or scope, uh, maybe a couple other things you could tweak here and there. And I just love the idea of arise in a lineup against power pitching you're going to see in the playoffs because he doesn't strike out. He's yeah. a guy that puts the ball in play. Uh, Scope strikes out quite a bit. He has a low on base percentage, and his main value is running into a fastball with two runners on base and hoping that it's a three-run homer. And he might do that. He definitely might do that. But I think the difference between Arise and Scope is is pretty vast offensively, and you have a bunch of guys who are like Scope in terms That's of skill set. That's what I going to say. and Crone. There's plenty where that came from. There's a lot of water from that well when you talk about home runs and, yeah. and power production. Arise was one of the few guys who you had whose contact gets on base, doesn't strike out. He's one of the few guys that you had in the lineup who who did that for you. And so, yeah, you you miss him that much more if if they're not going to have him. And Scope can pinch hit, which is great because to Phil's point, he, he can take a fastball. You know, if they're down by two with a couple guys on in the eighth, potentially hit a home run there. Arise is great because worst case, if Kepler if something happens there again. Arise is not ideal in left field, but he can sort of he can play there, and I don't think it's a complete gong show ordinarily, right? So this would be a big loss. This would be, and it's just so unfortunate because it's just the whole thing so dumb. Yeah, like he didn't get hurt on a good. It's unlucky. It's super unlucky. It's just it is what it is. By the way, the both wild card games are going to be on Score North tomorrow night and Wednesday night Mm. after our show is over. uh, Both of the one game uh, coin flip wild card games are going to be on. 
So you mentioned Max Kepler, Judd, real quick here. We're going to wrap with Royce shortly, but he didn't play. He didn't get into a game nope. the entire last week. Nope. And they're, they're they're being pretty secretive about his condition. I think his throwing is, has been impacted way more adversely than we were told before. In fact, the Star Tribune had a note, I think, this morning that they had him out on the field yesterday playing long toss. And that explains, and so this problem goes way back now. The weird throws that where he was in for Buxton in center, and there were a couple games at Target Field where he made just horrendous looking. At one point, I think he sort of spiked the ball into the ground, and you're like, okay, dude, you you can play right field. That's not normal. I think it all goes back to a throwing problem as well. So, like, the shoulder back is impacted. And I think his throwing is too. So this is this is def- this is a concern until you see him play on Friday and say, okay, he looks fine. Yeah, and the easy answer would be with almost any other team. Oh, just DH him if he can swing and he can't throw. Just DH him. Well, but your best hitter is your DH, right? And he can't play a position, and the position that he would maybe play is first base. But okay, well, then CJ Crone comes out, or who by the way showed some power, which is the thing that we wanted him to Correct. to do, hitting a home run yesterday. So if Max Kepler can't play the outfield, he probably can't be on the roster, or you put him on the roster as a pinch hitter? I mean, we still have five days for Kepler and Arise to, to get healthy or, or get closer to healthy. I'm not counting either hit of those guys button. out right hit, hit the panic button. No. I don't know what Rami's talking no. about here. Thank you. Absolutely not. We, if you are the Bumba bus is smooth sailing right now, If you are in a state of panic, that, that means it'll reverse the curse, and you'll get lucky. No. If you I assume they'll be fine. I haven't, I haven't panicked all year. I've been saying they'll be fine all year, and look. Look where we are. Bumble bus. All right, cruising keep, just in keep, October. Just keep going down that Brick path. Brick on the pedal. 2006 claws twins. Claws flying around. Yeah, 2006 propane twins. Propane grills on the roof. Fired claws, up. But oh, wait. There's propane grills on the roof yeah. of the Bumble. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. So so when it goes off the theoretical Making cliff. Making burgers and dogs. It's no going to blow up. <laughs> the bus will blow up. It's a possibility. I have enough fuel in this thing to get us through October. So if it blows up. <laughs> it's going to be... Impressive? Is that yeah, what you say? Exactly. Okay, Robbie's very proud of it. <laughs> Jonathan's been digging through. Have you had any luck digging through? We had we had a couple of people tweet at us and say that the I'm big t- the big time hosts in the afternoons on New York radio stations are basically just dismissing the twins. Are we talking sports pope? Sports pope yeah. and Michael K. Okay, I am so excited about the sports pope. Should have them tomorrow. So this is a thing. Yeah. Okay. It's three hour. It's five hours of audio because he does a five hour show. So Mike, Fran- oh. Mike Francesa, take it this oh. weekend. Is it? Oh I think my it's, god! It might even be six hours, isn't it? What? Is it six? What? It used to be six, and I think he got it down to five. He what, just, like, he when he came like, back from his calls for when he came back from his That's quote retirement, while he's looking at his um, cell phone, <laughs> six hours. I think it was six. Just him and uh, Bob and Yonkers. You're on the. You're on the line. <laughs> Yonkers. <laughs> Go to, my, uh, my favorite is every time he's prank called after the prank is already done, he goes, I already knew, I knew they were going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> What's that Twitter account that does that? Every time. Fans at Funhouse. Oh, Funhouse. I think fun it's Funhouse. That's the greatest ever. It's amazing. He lets the prank through every time. Even though he knows, he lets it through every time. It's great. <laughs> so we'll have some, we'll, we're going to have some fun with this throughout the week. And something else, we were going to maybe get to it today, but we might as well do it tomorrow. Uh, the New York Post picked up on Dave St. So there's there's definitely... Dave St. Peter knew what he was saying on our show last week when he said, it's time to slay the dragon. He's a pretty calculated, strategic guy. You know that's going to get picked up, and it did get picked up by the New York Post. So uh, so a, a 24-hour tease to tomorrow. Let's wrap with Royce when we come back. Continue to digest and dissect and uh, figure out what the hell happened to the Vikings at Soldier Field yesterday and get Pat's thoughts now that we know what time the Twins are going to be playing 
and uh, and more. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the All New Score North. Jonathan here with this hour's Score North download. The countdown to the Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon Weekend is on. If you're not running, be one of the 4,000 volunteers who will make this annual community jewel sparkle. Whether you help at the expo or on the course or at the finish line, you'll find your efforts satisfying and appreciated. Visit tcmevents.org forward slash volunteer to learn more and sign up. It wasn't a great day for the Vikings, and that's putting it mildly. Yesterday, after their loss to the Bears, drops them to 2-2 two and two on the season. It's not a good start for the squad so far this year. So we asked on Purple Daily. We're asking again. Hit us up at Score North on Twitter, at SKOR North on Twitter, what the outlook is for this team heading into the rest of the season. My take doesn't look good, especially with these cryptic emoji tweets Stefan Diggs has been sending out that he especially just sent out three minutes ago. The emoji the mouthless, face. The, the mouthless, mouthless emoji one. face. What does this mean? Weird. It means I think it, it means, means I'm not saying anything. I'm keeping my mouth shut. But of, course, times. of course, by tweeting that, it's him also saying, I need attention. Yeah. Like, say, say what you want to say or don't tweet that. Right. That's just sure. going on download. Now back to Mackie and Judd of the Rami. Thank you very much, TCL Broadcast Studios. Now, let's bring on a guy that loves to tweet emojis, Patrick Royce. What's up, Patrick? Big emoji guy. I'm having so much fun with this. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's why I entered the sports rating business all those many years ago to see the local, uh, see the local NFL team in the midst of controversy. It's fantastic and get the fans all fired up. I, I think I've told you guys this story, but my brother and I back in the days of, uh, when I wasn't covering the team, when the Vikings would qualify for the Super Bowl, we would go uptown to the Vets Club and agitate Viking fans into giving us points in the Super Bowl, extra points in the Super Bowl, and we'd have the bartenders hold the cash, you know, like we'd go up on the night. We didn't do this the first time, but then the second time when they get, we would go up and say, ah, they're going to get their arses kicked, and we'd get, them, we'd get them mad enough so they'd end up giving us 10 points, and we'd have, like, the bartender be holding three $400 worth of bets, and then the Vikings would get their asses kicked. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was a great way. <laughs> Jeez. So kind of like you guys are agitating Viking fans today, this is why sports talk was invented. Yes. Today, today is why sports talk was invented way back when. You're exactly right. It's therapy. It's therapy for Vikings fans out there to oh, hear. Yeah, it. it's really great therapy. Yeah, you got to get uh, this stuff out, Pat. This therapy is so good. One of them might go in someplace with an Uzi before you. Oh, Pat! Jeez, God. Anyway, so Pat, what? <laughs> what do you think? What do you think of the rest of the season here? Do you think is it is I it just is it time that, to move I on at the end of this? The or defense is good enough. That uh, that they can you know they can win nine ten nine nine maybe now is the max I don't know who knows uh, you know Detroit could turn around and be Detroit rather you know some people are now worried about Detroit because they played better but you know deep in their hearts they're still Detroit so you can still beat them twice that's what and, I always uh, say yeah. You know, I I don't know though it's uh, they're they're obviously in a complete state of confusion now. Because we're changing an offense that worked, right? Zim's big plan was to change an offense that worked. They, they, the offense worked last year, right? Tell the lads the Bears kicked their ass. Yeah. In game 16, but how many points did they average a game? They were, 
in the twenties, right? Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not sure that any style of offense is going to work on a consistent basis with this line and this quarterback, Pat. Well, yeah, but it worked last year. Although the line, I think, has a chance to be worse than it was last year. Yeah. But it, you know, what what they end up? They were they went in the last game. They had a chance. He threw for over four thousand yards. Uh, you know, right? So yeah, but his yard like why the big panic? And they just and I heard you talking about this, Phil. I heard you guys talk about it all day. You can't give that much money to Diggs and and feel it and say, oh, by the way, we're going to stop throwing the ball to you. <laughs> I mean, you can't be that stupid. But uh, that's Zim. I I think Zim's uh, on his last legs here. I wonder if he'll make it through the season. Yeah, it just it, it's because he's never had a disaster season. What's his worst year? Seven and nine. He's had a couple of kind of yeah, around well, five hundred. His first years. year, but no one cared. They yeah. weren't as bad as they everybody thought they were. So he became a hero. Yep. It's funny how people still like him. He's Tibbs. <laughs> Y'all hated Tibbs. This guy's Tibbs. Why do you like him? I, I think people people like that in football. People like the red ass on the sidelines in a football game. Well, I don't think they like it as well as they did 48 hours ago. Well, no. <laughs> That's okay. But he's a, he's a thin-skinned, impetulant old man, you know. He's, I mean, he's an old guy. Sounds like Sid. an ordinary bastard who acts like he's eight when they get beat, you know. Still sounds like Sid. What? Thin-skinned, petulant old man. I said sounds yeah, like Sid. He, he pouts. He pouts, too. I, oh, know, yeah. I don't know. Somebody had a good point. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It was Twitter was fantastic yesterday. This is Not only is this the reason sports talk is invented, this is the reason Twitter was invented <laughs> for games like last night. It was great. Yeah. So, yesterday afternoon. Wow. Was that terrible? That was brutal. What the what the, you said the Vikings in general yesterday? Yeah. How about Thielen try to walk back what he said, too? Just stand up. I feel, you know, he's a feisty little SOB. That's why he came out of Detroit Lakes and became an NFL star. <laughs> you know, don't all of a sudden turn into a wimp and try to back off on what you said yesterday. Just, just you know, turn into the good prima donna uh, wide receiver. You guys, that's the best ones are prima donnas. Go ahead and be what you want to be. Let's go. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's my thing about Diggs. So Diggs walked out yeah. in full pads apparently yesterday, did not talk to the media, hasn't talked to the media all week, and now he's tweeting out the the, the emoji with the I'm not talking or saying anything emoji. And, like, dude, just just say what you're going to say. What do you, what? Hey, Judd, how many weeks ago did I predict this to you? Oh. That Diggs, would, uh, that Diggs was going to turn in. That Diggs Three? was not going to put up with this. I think it was two? after week two I said yeah, Diggs, been... is gonna, Diggs is going to start raising hell here. Oh, yeah. And, and – I guess that a caller told me Thielen went on Cousins' podcast today on Vikings.com to make it look like everything's absolutely fine, too. So I like that one as well. I'm sure it's all good. For sure. Well, you know what? It's What we found out is with all this positive and taking the rock out of your big vat of rocks every month of your life and do everything, he's got no self-confidence. Yeah. He's got no belief in himself. That's his biggest problem. Yeah, everything's a front. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I don't think it's real. I do not think it's real. Hey, baseball guy, explain to, to me why don't we why don't we now have uh, on the pop up on uh, did your guy Arise got hurt on Saturday? Why can't Tyler Duffy just catch that ball so we don't have all those guys converging? 
I don't know. It's been that way for a hundred years. Uh, you know, they changed everything else. When I was a kid playing ball at fourteen, you didn't. They didn't have the pitcher catch the ball. I don't know why. I I, I don't know why that's. But uh, you know, I, I you can look around for blame, but I blame a rice. You know, you know, don't run over there like an idiot. Look over and see what's going on. And if the other, if it's on the other side of the pitcher's mound, Ostadio is going to catch it. Don't run like a idiot and yeah. run into a guy it's, it's all his fault so but boy is that a bad loss and i don't believe i don't believe there's a chance that he's gonna play even though they say it's a grade one sprain because you cannot go into the playoffs with the 13 let's say they go with 13 position players and you're not sure about kepler and you're not sure about marwin and you're you're gonna put another guy there you're not sure who's gonna make it to the finish line you can't have three you know, you can't have three of your 13 being questionable because if you take them off, you can replace them for an injured player, but then you, they can't play the rest of the postseason. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's I, I don't think you'll – I think you can just got to hope you get by the Yankees and maybe you'll be ready to play the next round. Boy, he's important, though, too. Oof. Yeah. Is this – okay, even with this injury, is this the best team that they've had against the Yankees in any of these matchups? I don't think the Yankees are as good, which even with 306 home runs, I, I look at that Yankee lineup and, uh, you can strike them out. You can, I, I like, as I've said a couple of times, I like having Stanton back because you can strike him out. Two on, two outs. I want him to come up to the plate so I can strike him out. He might hit a three run homer every week, once a week, but, uh, most of the time you're going to be able to strike him out. I, and yeah, you look at that lineup. Still not healthy. Sanchez has cooled off. He's down in the two thirties. It's it. I don't think it's as good a team. Now here's the problem: if if Severino's healthy, and then Paxton is, who's also a little injured here, but Paxton, Tanaka, and Severino is pretty good. Everybody's talking about the Yankees' bad pitching, but if those are your three main starters, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, are you? Uh... Are you interested in any of these other playoff matchups as much as Twins-Yankees at this point? Oh, I like that A's-Tampa uh, game, don't you? I think that's a hell of a game. I love those two franchises, these two destitute franchises <laughs> playing in the two worst stadiums ever and somehow figuring out how to win. And the A's are good. You know, A's could give Houston a, a little bit of trouble because they don't, you know, they're just, you know what? If they were, if we were running an advertising campaign for the A's, we have a big sign that said "ballsy." That's what we do. <laughs> they, they are, uh, they are a ballsy outfit. Say, I got to mention, I went to uh, the last couple hour of Wolves Media today. Yeah, uh, we're gonna run like lightning. We're gonna be like Loyola Marymount. In 1989-1990, and I just hope they didn't throw away the United We Run banners because they can break those babies out again. So you're saying that your sources have told you this, or you vote no, you? they're all talking about how they're going to run. We're going to run. We're just going to be lightning in a bottle running up and down. Well, the hopefully court. they dribble, too, points? otherwise it's traveling. <laughs> <laughs> how many points a game are, are they going to score if they run like this? Oh, it's going to be unbelievable. The best thing I heard is that they have now been advised by Gerson that they'd rather take contested threes than uncontested twos. That's how much we want to shoot threes. Yeah, that's the Rockets. And one thing we Makes like sense. about it is long rebounds. 
So maybe ah. uh, that could be the advertising campaign this year. Come and see the long rebound with all these players we have. Start throwing rocks at the rim. It'll be great. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward so to is it. Cat, is Cat now going to just sit outside the three-point oh, line to take threes? He's going to be a point guard. Cat can do everything he wants. Yeah, he said that the, that the offense is going to run through him. So He's going to facilitate. And yeah, they just got to hope the defense doesn't run through him. The offense will run through him. <laughs> yeah. They got nothing on my hockey team, Royce. You saw them last night, the Wild. They got nothing on them. Hey, the Wild. I like that game. It was. I, I left after two periods, and it was 3-3. Three to three. I like six goals. Let's do that more often. They went to OT, though. Preseason games shouldn't go to overtime. No, they shouldn't. No, they should, they should not. But, uh, you know, they're... Uh, they're uh, going to be interesting to see how long they keep uh, trying to convince people they're still selling the place out because uh, the uh, you know the honeymoon is the second honeymoon is over as I say they're they're going to have some trouble this year if they don't win games. Absolutely. All right, Pat. We will catch you later. Royce on baseball is coming up next in just a few minutes. Quick uh, preview of that. I think he, he just hung up. Just hung up. He doesn't so, have time for you. Never I'll see him tomorrow morning. Though. No time for <laughs> he that. Just hung up. Just, he didn't even say bye. No, we didn't get the... Just All up. right, bye. Pat's got to go. Pat's got to go, man. I got to go. He also re- referenced the fact that somebody could... I don't... I... <clears throat> Robbie, have you heard the I got to go story? I don't think so. I got to go. Pat, we still have like 10 minutes to go in the segment. No, I mean, I got to go. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Cool, man. <laughs> Been there. All right. If you missed any of Vikings Ventline, Purple Daily, Twin Show, or Mackie and Jeb with Rami, all podcastable anywhere you find your favorite podcast, the Score North mobile app is a great place to start. See you guys. They were brutalized.